and uh, Brother Aiden and the prayer from Brother Wayne. So we're, we're off to a good start. If I can continue with a good lesson and a good sermon, it'll be complete. So we are thankful for your presence this morning. If you are visiting with us, we encourage you to come back and be with us any opportunity that you possibly can. Uh, I don't know why I'm not on. thankful again for your presence and we hope that uh, you uh, will be blessed by being here and we hope this morning that you're having a good morning. It's a special day, a very special day, a day that we set aside each week to worship the Lord. Uh, it's the Lord's Day, number one, that's the number one reason is we are here to worship the Lord but our society has seen fit to honor our fathers today. And we are most uh, grateful for our fathers and the fathers we have here in uh, this uh, gathering and in this uh, church. I believe we have fathers here who love the Lord, who want to be the examples they need to be to their children and to their families. I had a PowerPoint, uh, but you're not going to be able to see it. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings, as I reading just a moment ago, in chapter 2, in verses 1 and 2 in the very beginning. As we can see, as David's time, King David, a man after God's own heart. A man that a king of Israel, a king that will that's gonna reign and, and do great things. He's gonna make some mistakes as well. But a king, a great man, is coming to the end of his life. Because the scripture tells us that now the days of David drew nigh that he should die and he charged Solomon his son saying I go the way of all the earth be thou strong therefore and show thyself a man As David's time to die drew near, he commanded his son, Solomon, saying, I'm going the way of all the earth, so be strong and prove yourself a man. Again, notice David, a king, a man after God's own heart. He is about to depart from this world as he knows it. 
and moving on to be in the comfort of his Lord and his God. Not long before passing away, David talked to his son, of course his son being Solomon, about manhood. He admonished him to step up and be a man. This morning, what does that involve? What kinds of things should a male do to demonstrate the qualities of a real man? Now, this being Father's Day, this applies to our fathers. But also, I guess more so than to our younger men and younger fathers as well. What does it involve to be a real man? The time that we're living in today where the importance of a man and a woman raising children is unheard of. The majority of our homes are broken with one parent in that home raising children. You see, that's not what God intended at all. That's why he put strict uh, scripture in there and direct commands concerning divorce and remarriage. That's not what God intended. But in a time we are living that it's not important to have a father and a mother and a home because we, we're, we're okay with that. Let me tell you, God's not okay with it. We're living in a time that people feel that two women that are married in the sight of men is just as good as having a man and a woman raising children. And let me tell you, God does not see it that way. You see, it's a good question this morning. It's a very timely question. Young people, young men, young ladies, what does it mean or what does it involve in the qualities of a real man? What does it mean to be a man? I think most importantly this morning, we have to say, or we have to ask the question, what does God say is a real man? Not what society says or what you think is a real man, but what does God say? What type of traits should our sons as fathers aspire to be? 
and to acknowledge and to gain? What about our daughters? What should our daughters, as fathers uh, to our daughters, what should they be looking for in a young man to date or to eventually marry? That's the question this morning. Let me first suggest to you this morning that real men seek to know God. And not only do they seek to know God, they seek to know God and nurture that relationship with Him. That's what real men are. They possess integrity and a righteous character. And they have that righteous and integrity of type of character trait that's very evident to the world and to the people around them. And especially a young lady who is looking to marry a young man. You see, in our world today, real men are not muscles like the rock. Real men are not ones that can dunk a basketball like LeBron James or throw a football like Tom Brady. Real men are not those who can go and survive in the wilderness and, and hunt and fish and provide food for themselves and, and, and have all these types of things. Real men don't just drive big, huge trucks and, and, and all these things. That's not what a real man is. A real man will seek after God and develop that relationship with Him at all costs. Young ladies, if you're men, if you're young men that you've dated or are going to date, don't meet that standard. You need to send him on down the road. That's the number one quality. When you go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 2, God is preparing a king. And in preparing that king, we're going to look at two different ones, Saul and Absalom. But in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 2, and we see here that the, the, the father was Kish, and he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly or handsome and there was among the children, there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Those physical <clears throat> character traits. You go on over to 2 Samuel in chapter 14. In verse 25, and the Bible says to us, But in all Israel there was none to be much praised as Absalom for his beauty. 
For the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. You see, Saul and Absalom were handsome men. But you know what the problem was? Neither of them loved and obeyed the Lord. They had no character traits. Absalom even tried to overtake his father's throne and, and, and kill him and, and take everything over. He had no integrity. But they looked good. They were the most handsome of all. Not a blemish was found on them. You see, I'm afraid that in our world today, you know, a lot of our children, that's what we're looking for. That young man or young lady that has no blemish, that's perfect, but they have no regards for any love or relationship with God. Oh, they can throw a baseball. Oh, they can hit a baseball. They can shoot a basketball. They can fish. They can win tournaments. They can do all these things. And boy, they've got all of these beautiful things and, and, and all these fine trucks and all this money and all these things. But that's what we're mostly worried about, I'm afraid. It's always intriguing to me and really sad to me when I hear young people talk, especially when they get into relationships and they date and then they want to marry and all these things. And, and on the outside, people looking in can see the inconsistencies in their spiritual life especially when it's a member of the Lord's church or whatever. And you can, on the outside, you can look in and see that, that, that they're not really what, what they should be as a man or as a young lady. And people say, well, you shouldn't be judging people. Well, we can call sin, sin. And we've got so many young people so thrilled with the thought of becoming, you know, as I see, they, they want to, they, they love that. We just recently went through an engagement in our home. Uh, but they, it's a lot of excitement, you know, about getting married, the ring, the planning of the wedding, the, all these things. But I think sometimes we get so caught up that we fail to look for those traits in those young men and those young ladies. Parents, I hope, you're, I hope you're, you're guarding your children. And I hope you're teaching your young men to, to be young men. And young men, I hope you're listening to your parents. Young ladies, I hope you're listening to your parents. And I hope you're listening to this lesson today because I've always said two of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your life that will affect your life the most will be the fact who you choose to marry and spend the rest of your life with and to become a Christian. And it will affect your life one way or the other 
to the good or to the bad. But these traits, you see, God, we can see in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7, we see that God is more concerned with a man's heart than his physical appearance. You see, a real man walks according to God's commandments. Young ladies, when you're looking for a husband, a real husband will always talk about God. He will always pray with you. He will study the Bible with you. He will come to church with you. Nothing is ever more important to God. That's a real man. Not how much money he's got. Not what kind of big vehicle he's got. Not if he's got all these material things. A real man walks according to God's commandments. 1 Kings 2 and verse 3. Notice what it says there in, in the rest of our, our reading. David's talking to his son. Let's add verse 3 again to it. We've already read it. But he says, I'm dying. Show thyself a man. And he says, keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. See, David figured it out. After a lot of disappointment and a lot of mistakes, David's saying to his son, don't do what I've done. Do it this way. You see, we ask the question, <clears throat> our thoughts and God's ways concern to the world. You see, society says that, the, that real men have muscles and real men can do all this and real men can have all these things. That's not a real man according to God. Do we have men here in this congregation who are real men? I think we do. But I think as a man myself, there's always room for improvement. You see, that real man strives to know the Lord and be pure in heart. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Number one, real men love God. Number two, real men love their families. They never leave or abandon their families. Our God, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the Hebrew writer writes and says, Our God, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Real men don't walk out on their families. 
Real men don't just leave them abandoned. They're like our God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You see, that's what God talked about. Real men, they provide for their families. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. Man doesn't provide for his family. He's worse than what? An infidel, a non-believer. Real men provide for their families. And as we counsel young people, my wife and I, before they get married, one of the things we go through is finance. Financial stuff. And there's been times in that counseling that we've had to look at young men and young women and says, you don't have the means to get married. <laughs> you can't make it. Because, see, all they're thinking about is, have I got enough money to take and, and, and go to the store and buy me a Coke and a honey bun? Food's taken care of. They don't think about electricity. They don't think about water. They don't think about appliances. They don't think about a home. They don't think about rent. They don't think about insurance. They don't think about anything else. But I'm in love. You see, real men provide for their families. Real men will work two and three jobs and sometimes four to provide for their families and take care of them. That's what God intended. And you know what? They treat their wives good. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, Peter was married and he made the statement there about dwell among them, love them, nurture them, love them. Take care of your wife. Treat your wives right. Treat them better than yourself. Now that goes both ways. See, that's what real men do. They don't abuse their wives physically. They don't abuse their wives emotionally. They nurture her and love her. And he shows her honor. That's what God intended for it to be. That we men show our wives honor for who they are. We hold them high in esteem in our homes. Show thyself a man, David says. A real man, they lead and spend time with their children. Ephesians 6 and verse 4, they provoke not their children to wrath, but they, they raise them up. They teach them in the admonition and the nurture of the Lord, the chastening of the Lord, the ways of God. They protect their hearts, Proverbs 4 and 23. As out of the issues of life come the heart, springs out of the heart. They protect them. You see, the real, the real man doesn't get so wrapped up in his hobbies. He doesn't get so wrapped up in his work. 
He doesn't get wrapped up in self. He leads his family. And he nurtures them. And he spends time with them. He doesn't look for opportunities to get out. I hear men all the time. Sometimes they'll say, well, I had to get out of the house. I had to leave them. I had to get away from them. They was driving me crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't take them anymore. You see, that's not how real men look at homes. We love being with our children, even when they drive us nuts. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I've been there. But you know, real men love their families, and they demonstrate it by the same kind of love for their families that Jesus does for us. John chapter 10 and verses 1 through 18, I'll leave you to read that. Our Lord loved his family. He led his family. Ephesians 5 and 25 through 29, he, he, he loves and nurtures his family. In Mark 10 and 45, he even gives his life for his children. You see, Jesus is our perfect example of a man. And you know what? Our God and our, our Lord even disciplines his children. We talked about that in our in Bible study this morning. He even disciplines them. I'll get it out in a second. So, real men love God. Real men love their families. And real men practice self-control. And that's our last point. Real men control their passions. In the book of Galatians in chapter 5 and 23, we see the fruits of the Spirit. And they mention self-control. In that great list of the fruits of the Spirit. 2 Peter 1 and verse 6 speaks of self-control. You see, they don't allow their passions to control them. You see, we all have passions, things that we desire. Things that we want. It may be money. But a real man controls that. Oh, I want this latest whatever. Or I want this newest whatever. Or maybe a woman. I want, we can go both, both ways with this lesson. But they have self-control. You know, one of the number one things that I see through the years is that when it comes to self-control and a lot of times we daddies and, and things struggle with that with this particular thing in, in Ephesians chapter 4 in verses 26 and 27 
Real men have self-control when it comes to anger. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Real men have self-control when it comes to anger. They don't blow up. They just don't blow up and throw things and tear up things and curse and yell and scream and, and all these things. That's not what God's model for real men is. They don't do that. And I want to tell you, we as fathers, if we're going to teach our young men to be men, we can't do those things in front of them or at all. And if should we do slip up and do those things, there's nothing wrong with setting those children and that spouse down and saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Believe me, I've done that many times. Because you're teaching another lesson to those precious souls that God gave you is that you're going to make mistakes and be willing to say you're sorry and repent. Real men control their passions, their self-control. They control their anger. They control their lust and sinful sexual desires. You know... I believe that's the number one thing in our society today other than money that breaks homes is men not controlling and having self-control of those sinful sexual desires. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 27, our Lord spoke to this. And I think it's something that we need to put back into our minds and hearts. Notice what the Bible says to us. This is our Lord speaking. It says, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that so whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. If thy right eye offends thee, causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Cast it from thee, for it's profitable for that you go, or one of the members should be perished, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it's profitable. You should not perish, and not the whole body should be cast into hell. It's been said that whoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whoever shall put away his wife, saying for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committeth adultery as well. You see, our Lord's got it all figured out. 
Control your lust. Control your eyes. Lord says you don't even have to commit the physical act. When you look upon a woman and lust and say, hmm, boy, if I, you've already committed adultery. Real men control their lust and their sinful sexual desires. Real men, as the model of God, humble themselves before God and truly submit to his will. You see, most men feel today in our today's world that manhood is not about self-control. That you're not a real man if you don't cuss, use profanity and talk filthy and cut up with the boys wherever they are. You're not a real man. You're not a real man if you don't get angry and you don't, and you don't show them where, where you stand. You see, that's contrary to what the Lord says. A real man humbles himself and truly submits to the will of God. And a real man will protect his home. And I'm not talking about with just a gun. He'll protect his home from the devil. He'll protect his wife and his children from the devil. And the children, if the home is like it should be, will be in subjection to those parents. They may not always like you, but you have a responsibility to be a parent. And real men and real daddies will do these things that we've talked about this morning. May the wives be blessed by God. May you wives in this congregation be blessed by God to help these men be the spiritual leader to be the example, the model that God has put forth. May God bless these young girls to find a man who truly loves God. Because I'm afraid real men are like dinosaurs. They're becoming distinct. And the only way we're going to produce them, to produce our young men the way God wants us to do, is to follow his model. That's the only way. And we've got to develop young men who want to follow God's way. God's model is the best one for manhood. Manhood is not about what the world teaches. This morning, maybe you haven't been the father, or maybe you haven't been the boyfriend. 
Maybe you haven't been the girlfriend in a relationship that you need to be. You see, your relationships, whether you're dating or whether you're getting married, have got to be centered around God. A real man will take care of his family. A real man will prove to that young lady that he's trying to impress that I can take care of you. If we should get married or whatever the case may be, I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to worry. And young ladies, that's what you've got to look for. One who loves God. Because if you don't have that, you can have all the things of this world and you have nothing. So may God bless you. As you search for these young men and these young ladies to marry. And have the home that God intended for you. Maybe this morning you haven't been the mother you need to be. It goes both ways. Maybe you haven't been the father, the grandfather, whatever the case may be. God says, I can help you with that. I can help you turn things around. I can help you make it better. This morning, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand and as we sing together.